Hi there, I'm Trina Chabot. Welcome to the Happiness Through Leadership podcast, where we talk about the things we can do to have true and lasting happiness in our lives. We know that happiness doesn't come from other people, places, or things. It comes from within us. We also know that we must learn how to create it so that we always have a stable supply of it. In this podcast, I share tools and strategies with you. Hi there, I'm Trina Chabot. Welcome to the Happiness Through Leadership podcast, where we talk about the things we can do to have true and lasting happiness in our lives. We know that happiness doesn't come from other people, places, or things. It comes from within us. We also know that we must learn how to create it so that we always have a stable supply of it. In this podcast, I share tools and strategies with you. Hi there, welcome back. I wanted to release a podcast today because it's a very lucky day. It's 2-22-22, and it's a Tuesday. Wow, it's going to be a long time before we see something like this again. I hope you're planning on doing something special to celebrate. You know, I don't often think about the days or taking time to celebrate or even notice them. After reading the book we're going to look at today, I'm taking a bit more time to take breaks from the scheduled tasks and experiences that I have. If you're like me, life is a series of things that you have to do to get those boxes checked off. That's okay if they're things that you want to do, but many of us don't think about it that way. We might not even think about what we really want in life. Or we might not think that what we really want is even possible. We need to spend more time getting to know ourselves. One of the things that I'm doing next is that I'll be making some content on TikTok. When I'm preparing to go public with my ideas, I want to make sure that what I'm sharing is in line with my values and beliefs. As well, I want to take the view that what I post must be of the highest value for people. And I need to be letting people know how I can serve them. All of this takes a lot of self-awareness, so I'm spending time in reflection before I begin. Quieting the mind allows ideas to emerge, as we will see in the book that we're about to look at. The book also helped me to think of some other factors. For example, I don't have to worry about being perfect, so I'm not going to allow my tendency to be paralyzed because I'm worried about making a mistake stop me. It's a waste of energy, and it robs me of my happiness. I have to be okay with failure and have a growth mindset. That's going to set me up for success. So venturing into this new social media platform, I'm going to have to build my skills, and I'll have to be vulnerable while I see what works and what doesn't. Hey, if it helps me to find the people who need my help, it's worth it. Would you like to have a free one-on-one discovery session with me to get to the root of your unhappiness? You can just go ahead and book that at calendly 
facebook.com slash Trina Chabot slash discovery. We'll explore what might be missing in your high productivity, high achievement, check off all the boxes lifestyle. Whether you're feeling burned out or disconnected, or you're not even sure what you're feeling, we're going to pinpoint the areas in your life that are of the most concern and identify the three biggest factors that, if addressed, would make the biggest difference towards having the life that you want. You will come away from the session with clear action steps towards having a life of peace, purpose, happiness, and fulfillment. You won't be pressured to purchase anything. I'm just looking forward to meeting you. The book we're looking at today is The Happiness Track, How to Apply the Science of Happiness to Accelerate Your Success by Emma Sapella. Dr. Sapella says, We have accepted overextension as a way of life. She presents knowledge gained from teaching at Stanford and from workplace research. The problem? We're all exhausted. We look around and think that everyone else is keeping up, so we have to hang in there and keep going. We push ourselves in every way, and when we reach our goals, it's more about relief than happiness. Yes, I can remember going to school to get a business degree, then not getting a job, so going back to school to get an education degree, where my chances of getting a job were greater. Just plugging away with my mental health struggling until I finally got a job at age 27. Relief. I don't think I was thinking about happiness then. It was all about goals. That was a long time ago. Dr. Sapella says that in our society, so many people are burning themselves out. So many pressure others around them as well creating a culture of stress. The conclusion? Our society has the wrong ideas about success. We're taught to never stop accomplishing. We're taught that we cannot have success without stress, that we must persevere at all costs. We must focus on becoming an expert in something, and we should play to our strengths, and that we must look out for number one. Today we're going to learn what she thinks and what she thinks we should do. Through her research, she's found the consequences of these ideals. And those include that they harm our ability to connect with others. They impede our work creativity. They diminish our energy. They prevent us from performing our best. And they make us less resilient. Dr. Sapella says that if we work on our happiness first, success will come. She says, happiness is the fast track to success. And she presents six things for us to work on. Okay, so here I'm thinking, why don't we learn this in school? Why don't our families teach us this? We could avoid stress and conflict. People would have better careers and relationships. I know I would have. Number one is stop chasing the future. When we focus on the future and everything we need to do, it leads to anxiety. As well, many of us move from one thing to the next without leaving room for celebrating our accomplishments or enjoying life. We remain focused on our goals and we don't ask ourselves, is this working for me? 
we take on more and more to prove our worth. Yep, checking off the boxes. I know what that's like. Doing what you think you're supposed to be doing. Then there's the idea of anticipatory joy. We believe things that are difficult to achieve are better and that those things will lead us to happiness. You know that phrase, I'll be happy when this happens or I'll be happy when that happens rather than focusing on being happy now. She says many of the things we're doing are not even going to make us happy. And in the meantime, they're harming our health, productivity, and relationships. Instead of focusing on the future, then, we need to be present. Instead of multitasking, we need to be in the moment with what we're doing or who we're with. Multitasking is not enjoyable or efficient. So she talks about building your ability to focus. You want to begin to start to notice when your mind wanders and then do little things like counting meditations to train your brain to block things out. Hey, I totally get multitasking. Paul just came in the room and disrupted my concentration. He wanted me to text a message to someone. I had to get up and look all over for my phone, but then realized it was right beside me playing music. (laughs) Now I'm back working on my podcast and I almost forgot to text the message. I've got great focus, but I can't multitask. Focus is good for me to get things done, but I can't help you while I'm in the zone. Sorry, don't disrupt me. Yes, I enjoy working on this podcast. I love it. Hey, if Paul would have booked an appointment with me, I could have just put this to the side and been more present with him. Blocking off time for certain things is important. Number two, step out of overdrive. We need drive and ambition to live our life to our full potential. And many of us want that. Dr. Sapella suggests using our drive in doses. We've been conditioned to think stress is necessary for our success, but it really isn't. She says we wear stress like a badge of honor. The busier you are, the better. Yes, stress can be motivating, but it's only good up until it starts to be harmful. We need to think of resilience as the ability to rest between stress responses. Getting ourselves back to the natural state in doing that. Unfortunately, these periods of rest get overrun with automatic response to things, as well as negative thinking, worrying, and so on. Dr. Sapella also says that relying on positive self-talk to make ourselves rest and to not be stressed may actually not work. Rest means being able to bring cortisol levels down by relaxing our body, and she suggests breathing exercises to do that. Deep breathing from the diaphragm with controlled inhales and exhales. We need to make better use of our lung capacity. Yeah, I think all of us can learn to breathe better. Though I never thought that breathing might be a better strategy than positive mindset. Hmm, I did find that interesting. And I actually shared it with some clients this past week. Number three. 
Manage your energy. Dr. Sapella says that many of us push ourselves to the limit mentally. We do this with positive and negative emotions. For example, being angry or being elated. Both of those extremes zap our energy. Instead, she suggests that we should sustain our energy by being in a calm state. Another thing that depletes our energy is practicing self-control. This is interesting. Exercising self-control by playing the role that we think we're supposed to play, for example, is like tiring out our muscles. Worrying also depletes our energy, as does thinking about our energy being depleted. A calm, neutral state is better for saving our energy for the things that we want to be doing, the things that will lead to happiness and success. So we don't need to equate calm with being lazy. And we can recognize that being too wrapped up in the need to be perfect also interrupts calm. And that being calm means that we can deal with a negative situation and not get upset, not get excited. So those are good things for mindset. So to be calmer, she suggests, reduce unnecessary stimulation. Turn your attention inward. Learn to recognize negative thoughts and beliefs. Choose your thoughts and behavior or choose not to have a thought or not to take an action. Do something that makes you feel positive or think about something that makes you feel positive. Practice gratitude. Detach from work when not working. This is so useful. I've been helping people manage their thinking and behavior for a while now, and it's so great to realize that we have the power to make ourselves calm and happy. We have more control over our lives than many of us realize. Number four, get more done by doing nothing. The pros tell us to focus on our strengths and practice something for 10,000 hours to become an expert. But Dr. Sapella would like to see people increase their creativity instead. She tells us that the environment for ideas lies in between our times of focus. She encourages us to take breaks and do something that doesn't require us to think while our brain works in the background. If you've ever had a great idea while you're in the shower, you know what she's talking about. Being still and silent or engaging in something fun can also help. Aha, there's the real reason for ping pong tables in the workplace. Creativity also comes from being interested in a variety of things outside of our expertise. We broaden our knowledge about things. This helps us to loosen that deep focus on only one thing. Makes us more well-rounded. Dr. Sapella believes that our education system has turned us into linear thinkers and our structured lives have left no room for imagination. People have become uncomfortable being alone with their thoughts. She cited one study that found people would rather give themselves an electric shock than reflect in quiet. Hmm, interesting. Number five, have a good relationship with yourself. 
it's possible to have more success in our lives if we stop playing it safe. Many people don't try things that they would like to because they fear they will fail. Dr. Sapella says that we must have the confidence to build new skills and be willing to learn from our mistakes. This is difficult, though, because of our brain's negativity bias. One solution for this is practicing self-compassion, the same way that we're compassionate with others. It's about being friendly, patient, and understanding with ourselves, showing leniency towards our shortcomings, developing a broader, more mindful perspective about ourselves, which could mean being aware of our needs and our thoughts, basically being an observer of ourselves. We can acknowledge that we're having struggles and reassure ourselves. And instead of waiting for some near-death experience, we can have gratitude for the life we already have. These are such great suggestions. I'm sure that you've thought about the things you say to yourself that you would never say to another person. This list now gives us specific ways to practice compassion with ourselves. Number six, understand the kindness edge. Dr. Sapella argues that the most successful people have a history of being kind to others. Unfortunately, our world is competitive and people feel that their self-interest is the most important. The balance, she says, is in having compassion for ourselves, but not self-focus. This means that we stop comparing ourselves to others and we get rid of the need to feel superior as well. Because we're social creatures, finding this balance is important. We don't want to end up isolating ourselves from others at work or in our personal lives just because we've turned people off. So she says we should be other-focused. And to do this, we can practice empathy, avoid judgment, care for others and show a genuine interest in them. Be sensitive, showing kindness and supporting others. Inspire people. Avoid blaming. Acknowledge individual contributions. Be polite and respectful. And show gratitude. For people who find this difficult, she argues that we're already wired for empathy. We just need to tap into it. We want to notice our natural response when someone else is hurting. We can practice looking into their eyes and feeling the emotions they're having. And we want to work to be comfortable acknowledging their emotions. Hmm, I don't know about you, but I'm going to pay more attention to being other-focused. And these tools are surely going to help. The Happiness Track was a book grounded in research. In fact, there were a lot of stories and studies that were not discussed in this podcast. All of them were included to support the six key things people can do to have the right kind of success. We did learn quite a few strategies for increasing our success in ways that are going to help us have the happy life we're looking for. We remember to do this in service to others and in service to ourselves. My favorite takeaway 
was the importance of calm emotions so that we're not depleted of our energy. What was yours? The Happiness Track was a book grounded in research. In fact, there were a lot of stories and studies that were not discussed in this podcast. All of them were included to support the six key things people can do to have the right kind of success. We did learn quite a few strategies for increasing our success in ways that are going to help us have the happy life we're looking for. We remember to do this in service to others and in service to ourselves. My favorite takeaway was the importance of calm emotions so that we're not depleted of our energy. What was yours? <music>